This is Don't Panic, episode number two, recorded June 25th, 2013, on Xbox, PlayStation, and something called Nintendo. Good day to you all, and welcome. This is Don't Panic. I'm Sean Jennings. Uh, I'm Colby Ravidue. I'm Dan Miller. And I'm... I'm and we have an outstanding guest we're thrilled to have with us today, uh, Brian McMillan. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Brian. Um, I'm a QA tester for Majesco Entertainment, and I am business development um, for GoPrezzo. Um, so, with that, anything I say tonight, you know, they're my opinions and not representative of my employers. So, just throwing that out there. Well, I'm glad you gave that disclaimer because yes. it's fair to say you know a thing or two about video games. Yes, I do. I actually just came from a game meetup tonight, so I'm all wired up. Well, that's <laughs> perfect because that's exactly why we want to have you on the show today because today's big topic, next-gen consoles. It's been dominating the tech headlines since E3, lots of big, huge press announcements, big events, lots of news. So we here at Don't Panic, we're going to relieve the stress. We're going to walk you through all of it, everything you need to know. Because I don't want to speak for the others, but I do not play video games. I have nothing to do with it. I like Monopoly. I don't. That's a good I, game. I have no experience. So that's why we brought on Brian. But we certainly have opinions and uh, our own unique views. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Especially opinions that have no basis in fact. Best yes, that was a All right, so why don't we get started uh, by talking about the incumbent, uh, which would uh, some would say is the Xbox. Um, right now, wow. you're looking at uh, this is uh, Gizmag.com, and they sort of did a helpful side by side between the PS4 and the Xbox One. Um, so. All right, yes. I, have, I have a question. I'm gonna just going to interrupt you. Um, why, why is the Xbox One the incumbent? Are you suggesting that it is the best? Or that the 360 is better than PS3? I am suggesting that it is the most popular. And I believe, okay. in I, general, the highest selling in the U.S. are close. Are we not including Nintendo in the conversation? I know for a fact they're outselling Nintendo. For clarity's sake. So we have no, 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 no. We're definitely going to talk about Nintendo because I actually think that's particularly interesting. Well, um, I mean, if we are going to mention the previous generation, Nintendo with the Wii did outsell the 360 and the PS3 by a significant margin. I think the best argument for the 360 being more popular than the PS3 is that it did outsell the PS3 overall, but by a pretty slim margin. That sounds legit. Already, my opinions are right. So yeah, and that's well, there's, there's no basis for that. There's no basis for my opinions. Uh, okay, so with okay. that being said, uh, putting these two consoles side by side, which is very easy to do because they're in fact very similar. Um, these are consoles that have uh, the same amount of storage, the same amount of RAM, uh, generally the same processor, generally the same graphics. Again, there's going to be slight differences. Um, they both play Blu-ray and DVDs. Um, Neither is backwards compatible. Um, so uh, so we should probably talk about what's different about the two, right? That would make the most sense. A lot of things in common. Let's talk about what's different. Um, one of the big things when you're talking about the uh, Xbox One is certainly Connect, 
Um, this is something Microsoft's had for a couple years. They've been pushing very hard, and that involves uh, motion play. Um, they introduced an update to the Kinect, um, giving you more fine-grained detail in what it can actually see, uh, a better lens, um, and it comes bundled with every Xbox One that's sold. Uh, PS4 uh, didn't talk much about their move system. Um, we know that it's still around. Uh, it's not by default bundled with the PS4. Uh, Brian, I know you have a lot of experience working with Kinect. Are you excited for this this update and where Kinect is going? Yeah, I think it will have a lot of interesting features. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't happy about it being bundled in there as opposed to the 360's version where it's an option, it's a separate option. But uh, it's more powerful. You'll you know, be able to track like finger movements, like finer movements than just your limbs, like the original Kinect. Um, a lot of the stuff that Microsoft's talking about, like being able to possibly track, you know, your like heartbeat or energy or I've, I'm not even I'm not 100 percent everything they said, but it was it sounded much more powerful and the voice technology they'll be pushing a lot as well. The uh, voice recognition should be much better. That sounds pretty cool. Is it is it safe to assume that the like the the PS3 starts it is what three ninety nine and the Xbox is four ninety nine. Is it safe to like? Is that the only reason it's more expensive? Is because the Connect is bundled? Uh, a lot of people have made that argument. Um, in somewhat, it, it's kind of like comparing the three sixty again to the PS3 because a Connect right now, I believe, is still like ninety nine dollars or it's hovering around one hundred. Yeah. So I think most people throw that in there. Um, there could be other costs that are driving that up. Maybe they're less willing to take a hit on selling the console this time. Um, you know, when, when these consoles launch, the manufacturers take a hit. They usually sell at a loss. Mm. So maybe right. they're less willing to take as much of a loss this time. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess they're a little more established this time around. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important to get that next-gen technology into homes as, as quickly as possible. Uh, too, you know, I... I can just speak from my own experience that if I were buying a PS4, I probably would never in a million years buy a you know a PlayStation Move. Um, yeah. But the sheer fact it comes bundled with the Xbox makes me way more inclined to use it. Um, that's true. And I think that's important. Well, I feel like I feel like if they can like like if they can drive adoption of it with by bundling it, you know, you can like there's more of a reason for developers to to develop games for it if people have it. Yeah. Um, it's a chicken and egg problem. Yeah. Like, I'm not excited about it because a lot of the games are like, eh. But if that's true, then no one's going to buy them, which means no one will make more exciting games. I think yeah. uh, It was a good strategy. I think one of the problems a lot of people are looking at it through is, is the lens that the Kinect came out. There are a lot of titles at launch, and yeah. nothing really excited people. Nothing blew people away on Kinect. You know, the best games you see out there are titles like Dance Central, Just Dance. Um, you know, those are the things that people really remember. But there mm. isn't, like, the one killer app that's, like, that's what I want to play Kinect on. Right. Like, yeah, I feel I feel like they're, they're... Like, they're all kind of casual games, like... Fruit Ninja? Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like stuff like that's that. That's awesome. I 
I forgot that I played that on Connect. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> there you so go. The more drunk you get, the better that game becomes. <laughs> well, and you know, Microsoft, this is, and we'll talk about this in a minute with some of their new policies, but Microsoft lately has become a company that really is trying to push the envelope perhaps faster than it needs to be pushed. Uh, and Connect may be a good example that. They put it out there not quite knowing what it was going to do or what it was going to become, and as time goes on, they're starting to discover new uses and you know things that it needs and what they're going to be able to do with it. So hopefully by including it with the Xbox One um, and putting in this new hardware, we'll see a lot of improvements. One of the other uh, big things as well for the Xbox One is uh, live TV integration. Uh, they pushed this really heavily at their own launch event prior to E3. Um, what it is is it's essentially an HDMI pass-through device uh, that works with your cable box to put your uh, television inside of the Xbox. There's a guide. Uh, currently no announcement for any kind of DVR service, though technologically that's possible, um, as well as supporting Netflix and Hulu Plus, which it does now. Um, it uses Connect uh, voice features to find television programs uh, to adjust your television settings. Um, is this something any of you guys are particularly excited for? I mean, they've been... Who buys the... Like, there's a ton of products like that from the, the higher TiVos and, like, home theater PCs that you hear people talking about. and But they never take off. And it's be, I think it's because, like, who's going to sit there and do this HDMI pass-through and then set up, like, your IR blaster on your TV so that it can communicate with the TV and turn it on and off Well, and your to, cable box and whatever. To be fair, if the newest HDMI standard does allow controls through HDMI itself, so that's, that's, okay. assuming your cable company has but, a reasonably new box, which may not be common, it, you shouldn't need to use And the only reason place. you have a reasonably new box is if you have reasonably new cable service. <laughs> They, they don't ever upgrade the box. Like, my parents have had the same box for four or five, six years now. So I think I think it's going to be tough. I, yeah. I have a lot more faith in the Kinect than I do in live TV integration. I also don't think that uh, cable TV is, the you know, the bleeding edge of entertainment either. It's interesting that they talk about the future and they're pushing this Kinect and all this bleeding edge stuff, and then it's like, well... The best way to watch stuff you want is through the cable box. When, you know, I think Apple and Google are trying to say the best way to watch stuff is through us and our a la carte services and our original programming and watch it whenever you want and things like that. And Disney doing that crazy thing in Korea or something now where you can rent movies the day they come out in theaters and watch them at home stream. That, you know, I think that's where this is going. I thought. You know, it's cool. I, I it looks really nice, but I'm not sure it's gonna like come into its own. I'm not sure if people are gonna use it in ten years when this thing's still gonna be around. I mean, so I think like, um, so I think to a certain extent, like that all most of that all the like bleeding edge of of entertainment, right? Like Netflix, Amazon Instant, like HBO Go, like you already get that on on Xbox. And it's it's pretty great in in my opinion. I've I've used several of the other like media box like media set top box solution things, and they're fine. But I still like 
honestly, that's the the only reason I still pay for Xbox Live is so I can get Netflix on the Xbox because it's better than all the others. But that's kind of um, silly. <laughs> no, it it, it it really is silly. But um, like it's still I don't I don't think anyone is going to go out and drop five hundred bucks on a new Xbox just for the TV. But yes. I think I, in my head it seems like it's like obviously when they were doing this, they were trying to push this like always connected thing, right? And it seems like if you can if you can have people do all their TV through the Xbox, that's just one less reason you would ever turn the Xbox off, right? I think that's the idea. Like, you want people on there as much as possible. The other so, thing that I thought was weird was when they were talking about, like, uh, like, split screen, you have your fantasy football team over here, and you're watching football on this screen. Why not just have it up on your tablet or your phone? Yeah. Like, well, I don't want to... I, I want... The TV to be the thing I'm watching. I have plenty of devices I can check my fantasy scores on without making the picture smaller. Yeah, I don't I even do that, so I, you know, I'm just right. talking on my ass. But <laughs> if <laughs> no, I did do that, weird. that's what I would do. I've always thought that was strange. Like I remember the Directv used to have commercials for like the the NBA, you know, or the football channels that are like you can watch eight games at the same time on the same <laughs> screen. <laughs> Like who those channels are, do I that? do, I do, and and they are, it's ADD. It's great. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so maybe maybe that's for something like for you. Sean. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I think it, go for it. Uh, well, TV. The TV stuff is interesting. I have mixed feelings because you know I don't even. I'm one of those people that I really don't watch TV anymore. And I, yeah. you know, I'll watch online. I'll watch DVDs. Um, I think one of the things that people, I don't know if this is the direction this is the direction they're going for, but when they're talking about games like Quantum Break, if any of you guys saw some of the demo trailers for that, it's a game, but they're using a lot of live action footage, so it, it's starting to bring up this question of whether or not they'll be integrating TV and games, like basically having them interact. There's that show out now, Defiance, that's supposed to connect to the games now in, in loose ways. Um, in some ways, that might be what they're ultimately going for, is a real blend of television and games. You have um, Steven Spielberg working on a Halo television series that's going to be exclusive you know, for Xbox One, and what exactly that turns into, we don't know. Um, yeah. Halo 4, which came out last year, started a really interesting thing where uh, they had these Spartan Ops missions where it was basically um, weekly missions that were part of a story. Um, you know, similar to TV content, you're getting basically a new season almost every month with new chapters to play. So I think they're possibly going to try and blur that line between television and games so that you're not going to be absolutely passive when watching TV or, you know... Well, um, I'm, I'm like, glad... You, I don't want to cut you off, but I'm really glad you brought this up, Ryan, because one of the really interesting things, both the PS4 and the Xbox One, uh, took a lot of effort into game sharing. Uh, PS4 specifically with a share button on the controller, uh, Twitch.tv powering a lot of this, 
uh, Ustream as well, um, where either your games are going to be live streamed or your games are going to be archived to be played back later or you can share a game with a friend. Um, and living with my housemates I lived with last semester, I mean, they would sit for an entire weekend and watch a, you know, League of Legends tournament. You know, I, I'm really fascinated by this. I mean, do you think this is going to play a big part in where we see gaming going? In terms Brian, of, Brian, I specifically, but anyone can jump in. In terms of, like, esports? Well, just, I mean, is this is this the next frontier for, for gaming? I don't know. I, I just sort of am really fascinated by this idea of... I mean, you always want to look for the next thing. It's a bad habit, but we all do it. What's next? And, and as I see these consoles come out, the graphics, sure, they get a little better. But that's not really where we're seeing the improvement. Sure, you could say connect and motion is one area. Voice is another area. But I think one interesting area would be this idea of social, of sharing, uh, and of creating events around video games as they're being played, watching playthroughs. Um, well, if I wanted to dream big, I do, I do think it's almost like an interactive television. Like, it's not quite games, but it's really not television. Uh, Xbox 360 experimented with a, a version of this called 1 vs. 100, where it was essentially a game show, but you would, you know, log in through your 360, and you could be one of the audience members, and you're essentially watching people participate, but you might get selected to be the next person playing. So it's cool. quite literally like a game show from home. Um, I think that's and uh, it, I'm going from other games here. If you look at some of the new games like Watch Dogs um, coming out, where they have all these companion apps for your phone that like you do something and it interacts with the game you're playing, I could see that start happening possibly in more television where people are going to be interacting with shows. They're going to have a, a say or influence on how things happen or what appears. Now, um, is it not... I've been, like, loosely following the the news on that game Destiny, the yeah. the one by the, the... I guess it's Bungie, right? Yes. Um... And now, aren't they? Aren't they like? I remember their their reveal thing for that, and like they were talking about all kinds of things. Like, there's like an app on your phone, and it like, like you get notifications and stuff about things like that. It just kind of made me think of that. Um, yeah, it seems to be an emerging trend right now that there'll be for all the major titles, there'll be some sort of companion app. Yeah, I I think it, like I think it kind of makes sense to like. I mean, it's like like the next step in in, I guess, making it more immersive. Because mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite things, I don't remember what console this was, but there's a racing game where the AI wasn't actually an AI; it was like the uh, a playback of your friends' playthroughs on that track, basically, or maybe it was just influenced by them. But yeah, you're you're doing multiplayer in single player. And I thought that was really cool because you know, oftentimes, you know, even still, you can you can trick the AI in so many games. Like I've been playing Uncharted three for a year and a half, literally, and I started playing again last night. And there was this boss, and I died like five times. And then I just figured out that I could jump on top of this crate and stand in the corner and just shoot at him. And you know, fifteen minutes later, he's finally dead. But <laughs> You know, why did he keep running into my field of view? He knew it was going to, you know. So 
I think it's going to be really cool to see what that what you can do to make single player more multiplayer. And I would love to play more multiplayer games, but it's so much work. You know, you have yeah, to yeah. sign on and join a game, and hopefully the game starts up, people leaving, and then it's waiting longer. You know, so you just yeah. want to sit down and play a game, but you don't want it to be boring either. I uh, <laughs> I really like that you brought up the part about um, racing. Uh, a lot of people would think about like Mario Kart 64 and recording your ghost and having other people play against that. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, though, that you brought it up. Um, and this goes back to our original argument about what's different between PlayStation and Xbox when you know most of their features will be similar. Microsoft was talking a lot about their cloud services and basically how they'll really enhance playing online, multiplayer features. And the new Forza game that they announced, supposedly using the power of their cloud, um, it would basically be recording your races, your race style, if you will, and basically put a version of you in other people's games to race against. Now, right, we, yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, okay, Forza. The Xbox. Yep. Yep. So it'll be cool because you could play off, well, you could play by yourself, um, but still race your friends, but not like a direct ghost. Like, you'd still have the thrill of like an original race. You're not going to know which way they're going to go or how they're going to move. Right, yeah. yeah well, uh, I don't... If, unless anyone has anything more to say on this, I was just going to move us along. I was going to... I think that was a good segue into, uh, like, the plat... Like, the... I don't know how to say it. The online platform of the two. Mm-hmm. And so I have a universal hatred for Sony's online platform, but it's okay because it's free. <laughs> but now it's not. And I have no confidence that me paying however much a month will improve the situation at all. There oh, been... I didn't. I didn't realize Sony's isn't free anymore. Yeah, well, multiplayer isn't. That was the only thing that changed. Is they took that out of the free category and, and snuck it right. into. So you can plus. still watch Netflix or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but so a few years ago, there was that whole thing where they got totally pwned and they were down for like a month during finals week that year, which was convenient. But <laughs> since then, there have been multiple times where like, I try to play a game during the day, and it's like, oh, can't connect. And then you know, I open up my laptop, status.psn.com or whatever it is. Like, oh, down for maintenance, eight hours. Eight hours? What are you doing? They just like, had maintenance uh, today, I believe, and they were down for a few hours. Like, what What that's world do they live not, in? Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one thing when it's free, but now that you're paying for exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. I didn't real. I, I was, you know, pissed, but I, I wasn't offended. Now it's like, my money. Uh, so I thought that was stupid, and I have no confidence that it will be better. So That's something I think Sony will need to work on is making sure their platform is on par with Xbox Live. I think most people agree Xbox Live has given better service, but obviously at the cost of paying for it. So yeah. if Sony's online services don't improve, then they have a problem. But, uh, well, when we talk about issues about online services, we certainly can't avoid the controversy that is the Xbox One. Uh, they hugely uh, announced... Uh, first at their own event and then at E3, uh, a couple, I think it would be light to say controversial uh, ideas, among them including this always-on 
connectivity where you have to check in with their servers at least once every 24 hours, um, and including this idea that uh, games could no longer be physically bought or sold. Now, of course, uh, Microsoft hadn't announced everything they were doing in complete detail, so some things were questionable, some things we knew, um, but the Internet, as it does so well, uh, got into a huge tizzy, and Microsoft ended up, in the end, reversing their stance. They instead switched to a model uh, where there wasn't the always-on connected uh, requirement, and that games could physically be bought and sold. But to sacrifice to do that meant that games could no longer be digitally uh, shared or sold, um, and as well as games can no longer be installed off-disc to be... You have to have the disc in the drive, which wasn't originally. So um, let's start with Dan. Uh, do you think they they made the right decision? What 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 are your what are your thoughts? Did you prefer the original way, the new way? Um, where did Microsoft go so horribly wrong? I would have preferred the original way if they had gone all the way in typical Microsoft fashion. They went halfway, uh, but there there are a bunch of things that annoy me in in ascending order of annoyingness. This is a solved problem in the PC world, where things like you know. There are CD keys, and there's, you know, all these online services that you have to have a CD key for, and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't have, uh, for, some, for some titles, if you don't have internet connection, it's like, oh, just please insert the disk. Where's the problem with that? Why, you know, why couldn't they do that? Second of all, it, what was it, every 24 hours originally, they said, or something? Yeah. Why not every week, every 30, you know, okay, fine. But the real problem is, if, you know, I, I've gotten in many huge arguments with big gamer people about this, but if I could buy a game and just start playing it immediately, and it's, you know, streaming or downloading the assets in the background, or I have to wait 30 minutes, or even if it just downloads reasonably fast, any title day of launch, that would be perfect. And I obviously don't own the disc because there isn't one. <laughs> if they had said that, no more physical media, I would I would buy one right away. Because I don't want to take care of these discs and make sure they don't get scratched and broken. And if, you know, the, the, the potential financial loss of not being able to resell a game, which I hardly ever do anyways because it's such a pain in the ass, like, you can go to GameStop and get totally screwed over, or you can go on eBay and get your PayPal account set up and, you know, don't get fraud and all that stuff. Or you can just, you know, start playing it immediately, stream it, and have it forever on all your devices. I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Like, if there's one thing I hate, it's CDs. Yeah. They really piss me off. <laughs> they don't piss me off. I just, there's... Uh, they're so nice. I had two boxes of physical media between games, DVDs, and CDs that I brought here, and that was like I threw out so much of it. Yeah, I mean, I like that. That was like immensely disappointing. Like I understand that some people like really like to own the thing, but I'm I'm not one of those people, and especially if it's for like games and music, like it's just not. It's not a priority for me. I just want to be able to play it when I want to play it, and I don't. I I don't want to have to have it like physically there because that's that's super annoying. And also, I I always lose stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like 
Like, and especially with with games, like that's something like you always bring it to to a friend's house to play, or like imagine if you could just sign into your account and play it there yeah. instead, and then like you immediately know, you see, potentially right, right. <laughs> but that'd be crazy. Yeah, be, and like the, the future. Even if you know, like I've lost so many CD keys for PC games, but I haven't for six years because Steam has all of them. Yeah, you know. Things like that. The keys. <laughs> <laughs> Steam has the keys to my heart. Yeah. Um, is there on on Steam? Is there a, can you like transfer a game to someone else or something? Can you like deactivate your key and like give it to someone? No. There okay. was rumor recently that uh, they are working on bringing a share feature. Yeah. Um. So we'll see how that goes. Um, going back to Xbox, um, you know, I mean, if you want to go all digital, I bel- I'm pretty sure, I think, for Xbox One and PS4, you can go all digital. You can download mm-hmm. everything. Every game will be released digitally same day and date as any retail box copy. Oh. Um, I think they realize now, you know, everything's moving to digital, even Nintendo. Uh, for a lot of their high-profile games, is releasing everything digitally alongside the physical box copy. Um, yeah. Obviously, for business reasons, they just can't make that total transition yet because the majority of sales are still in retail. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean that makes sense, I guess. For business and business-wise, that's what they got to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess you can get most stuff digitally now. Yeah. Right. On um, like even on 360. Just about, um, just about everything. Um, it becomes a problem though when we're talking about games that are very large. Uh, for example, um, on PlayStation 3, they have Uncharted 3 on PlayStation Plus um, right now, but the download is 40 gigabytes. <sighs> That's now, a lot of gigabytes. Yeah, my PS3 only has about like 230 or so. Total, I'm about a hundred yeah. right now, so that is a massive, massive, you know, install for me. Um, if I want to like download more games or play more games, so, you know, in one defense of discs, that's where they're very nice is that I don't have to worry about having storage because storage is a yeah. problem. And if both the Xbox One and the PS4 are going to be about equal in storage, 500 gigabytes is I think is all I've heard. You know, I think a lot of people are afraid they're going to fill that up very quickly. Yeah. Well, so that was one of my main, uh, like a year ago when I first started bitching about this, was I bought a <laughs> PS3 and I bought Skyrim and I put it in and I still had to fucking install it on the drive. Why did I bother with a disc then? I'm sitting there for 30 minutes watching this meter go by. And it still <laughs> loads slow as balls when you're transitioning between the things. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So right. <laughs> one, one of the one of the things I like. Whoa! I, I feel like I just made a large noise. Um, one 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 of the things I I noticed looking through the side by side comparison is that like as far as disc expansion goes, um, like I don't think Sony has has said what it'll be for the PS4, but um, Microsoft it's external only. So which is awesome, I think, because. I don't know, like, I got I got one of the new, the, like, the black Xbox 360s when my old one broke, and, like, 
they tried to get me to upgrade to a bigger hard drive, and it was like two hundred dollars for like a two hundred gigabyte hard drive. It's like I can go to Best Buy and get a one terabyte hard drive for like thirty bucks. Like, what are you doing to me here? Like, this should not be $200. But it's because it's, like, you know, proprietary, like, special shape. And so they can upsell you on that. So, I mean, I think that's cool if you can just plug in an external drive to it and it'll work. I think PS4 has standard internal hard drives. I, th- I think Does they're it? all allowing external, right? Yeah, I don't. I, I. It was just in the comparison that I noticed it. But like, either way, I think that's great because. Yeah. Um, I don't like. You know, that's not what I want to pay for. You know. Um, in, in case you were wondering that, uh, the PS4 has not announced that it supports USB drives, but it does have two USB 3.0 ports. So, cool. uh, that's a wait and see. Uh, I I want to I want to jump in because I think. The entire problem here with the Xbox One and this always-on and then reversal is totally prime example of how terrible Microsoft's PR system is. Like, it is such a joke. In the months and weeks leading up to their announcement, they set themselves so many booby traps and, like, just set themselves up for such a PR disaster... It's not the first time they've done this, okay? I love the fact that Microsoft lately has just been pushing the envelope. They said to the world, you know what? Touch is the future, so screw you. We're going start menu. We're going RT. Except that was another halfway there because they left the desktop and now nothing works right. But I, I'm going to disagree because I think they had to do that. But that's another argue for another day. My argument is Windows 8.1 Blue that's coming out in the fall. That's bringing back a boot to desktop automatically. It's bringing back the start button. It's bringing back all the things that they got rid of on purpose. It's a that's, back step. Yeah. When they announced the Xbox One, they said, it's a digital future, so we're going to give you all these cool features. Share your game digitally with up to 10 of your friends. Go, go ahead. You never have to worry about discs. Sure, you have to check in a little bit here and there. But... And then what did they do? There was a little bit of an outcry, and they completely wussed out. And I think it's such a shame, and it sets a terrible precedent for other co- companies that want to push the envelope, and then they're just going to be afraid, and they're going to say, oh, no, the Internet, you know, everyone's going to get so upset. How, we can't even think about uh, such a thing, especially with the way um, Sony in their big E3 conference was just slamming the Xbox left and right. You know, uh, oh, want to know how to share games here? Hand it to a friend, you know? I mean, they just... That it was, was enjoyable. And there, of course, there was that great uh, Don Matrick, who runs the Xbox Xbox division, gave this just the worst interview I've ever seen. Like, his PR people must have freaked out where he was... Someone asked him, well, what if you don't have an internet connection? He said, don't worry, just buy an Xbox 360, the old console we're phasing out. What are you worried about? <laughs> I feel like, never mind the PR people, the sales people, like, what are you, you know, doing? Like, maybe maybe that's the right answer. Maybe it's not. You don't say it like that. It was like yeah. to a gaming blog. I'm like, you... So, honestly, I love a digital future. I think we're going to get along fine with physical discs for now. I really don't think it matters one way or another. Obviously, I like an all-digital future. I thought what they were doing were cool. I think their biggest problem is they just need to either go for the future and stick with it or stick with what they know. And they need to stop backpedaling and you know because when they when Sony released the PS3 it was markedly more expensive and they said it's because we're putting Blu-ray in because it's the future we're putting in a huge processor because it's the future and you know what they took a hit for a couple years and what do you know Blu-ray became a standard so you know what you take a hit at the beginning but you set a precedent 
that's you know, and that's you know, that's when why I they heard you describing that. what that guy said. I I was just thinking, you know, that's that's something you know Steve Jobs probably said at one point. He's like, you know, if you don't want the new iMac without a floppy disk drive, go buy the old one. <laughs> he probably said that, but the difference is, is that he didn't. Then you know they didn't then introduce a floppy drive into the new iMac. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 got no no like stones for. I don't know, like they 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 have some cool ideas like Windows eight and you know this stuff, but like I don't know, you really want to change it, you really you gotta. Microsoft's yeah, new MO over promise it. and under deliver, and that's <laughs> that's sadly what they've been doing. Uh, I want to uh, transition to the other thing, and a lot of people have been saying, you know, these boxes they have similar specs. Uh, they even look similar. Uh, the joke is that you know the PS4 is like the italics version. <laughs> the PS4. Well, they're all black now. The Wii U, PS4. It's the Wii U's black too. The deluxe edition is black. <laughs> they're it's all cool. black. But a lot of people are saying uh, one of the big differentiators, certainly one of the biggest, is this term that has come to grade on me over time: the exclusive. The dreaded exclusive. That's right. Uh, oh. The titles you can only get on one console. Or the other. Uh, I am going to flip my screen. Uh, right here, this is on IGN, and this is a list of the exclusives you get on PS4, Xbox One, or both. And the thing that struck me most interestingly about this list is the fact of how many big, big, big franchise titles fall in the both category. Assassin's Creed, Battlefield, Call of Duty, Destiny, which we talked about earlier, Final Fantasy, EA Sports, FIFA, Madden, Metal Gear Solid, Need for Speed, NBA, Star Wars. Uh, oh my uh, God, Zoo Tycoon. Uh, Third-party publishers. Yeah, and that's and that's what I think is really interesting. So I'll I'll put this out to any of you guys. Um, which do, do are the exclusives really what's going to make or break one console over the other? Is that enough to to swing people? I mean, I I think for some people it will. Like, you know if. If you Halo hard, like, what are you going to do? Not play the new Halo? Uh, but um, chances are, if you Halo that hard, you're probably going to buy both consoles anyways. Because you like, you, I don't want to say hardcore games, but you know, you're not point. sitting on your couch playing Wii U bowling. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> you know? true. Uh, I think the new twist to exclusives that you have to remember now is timed exclusives. Yeah. Um, Call of Duty is the best example where the maps always come to Xbox 360 first. DLC. Oh, really? I didn't that, know that. Yeah, the DLC maps. That, that could easily be a, a large factor when the consoles first come out. Which if, if, um, and we know for a fact that there are several games um, for the Xbox One that will have content coming to them first, Call of Duty being one of them. That's... So that that could be a deciding factor, not for like the gamers or hardcore gamers out there, but more yeah, but, for your but for the initial guy sale. that buys Call yeah. of Duty. Like I want to play, I want to play this first. <laughs> that's that's pretty much me. That's I, I love Call of Duty. It's, but you know there are games like, the like uh, Elder Scrolls that did that too. Microsoft had uh, Skyrim. All content came to 360 before both PC and PS3. Yeah. Well, it never came to PS3. <laughs> no, the DLC. I thought they said they couldn't get it to work or something, and they were really sorry. Well, I, I know true. they released the legendary or the game of the year legendary edition, and that has everything for PS. Oh, okay. I don't 
I don't know. I didn't get it. I had it for 360, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. All right, it, that's a pretty weird dynamic. Like, I feel like... Like, stuff like that is just unavoidable in, uh... In, the, like, the walled garden world, right? Like, you're always going to have that. Um, I mean, for whatever reason. I don't really know how the the underlying tech for, like, as far as, like, programming and s- stuff goes for, like, PS3 versus Xbox versus well, they're, Wii. But... They're both x86, so... Are they? Well, yeah, that's right. new in this generation. Really? Yeah. So which was was the PS3 not x86, or was the Xbox not it x86? Was, PS3 was a power PC. Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, so, I mean, I guess that that's... that's probably good for everyone. Yeah. Good for developer sanity yeah. speaking as a person. And, you know, I think I think exclusives are terrible for the consumer. Yeah, like, like it's really a shame. They it, piss it, me off. <laughs> yeah. No, I like I don't I don't blame you, but like I don't think it's not entirely surprising that No, it's not. I I think I don't know. I had hoped like, you know, everyone's Everyone's really liking x86 these days, uh, but you know, who knows? The next console could very well be ARM. That would be yeah. interesting. But and you know, a- another interesting factor in this is like you know, Apple with the iPad is I don't know what, but I know it's a huge, crazy huge amount of the game market if you consider it a game console. Uh, yeah. But I think you know, I think. I think exclusives are going away. Like, you don't see, like, you know, Sonic and Mario anymore. Like, I know that they each have their things that are like that, but I couldn't really tell you what they are. Exclusives are still a a large part of it. I mean, Nintendo obviously has knit their... That's what they live off of, is this. (laughs) Uh, Sony has a healthy... A bunch of exclusive games, and they have their own version of timed exclusives now with some of their independent publishers. Um, they have this thing called the their that's like Sony's Indie Pub Fund. So they're mm. bringing independence to their platform, but they'll be exclusive to that platform for a set amount of time. I, I think that's a big difference we didn't talk about. Isn't isn't Xbox very uh, uh, silent on the indie game publishing front? I think and it's it's a complicated issue now because um, there are obviously some developers that say, you know, working with Microsoft is great and some say they hate it. Some love Sony, some hate Sony. Um, it really comes down to the big things being that Microsoft isn't supporting XNA anymore um, for developers but the thing is they're curating, you know, for um, Xbox Live Arcade better than I'd say something like, you know, Apple or Google Play where there's millions of apps but absolutely nothing that I want to play, nothing that's fun or good. So it's sort of like their quality control still, um, which developers hate. They want to get their game on every platform. But in terms of keeping the quality of that platform's content up, it does that job. Um, A lot of people talk about Xbox Live, uh, the indie section, the indie page on 360, and two big problems are that, like, one, if you if you end up in that page, your game gets no exposure or next to no exposure. 
um, because you're just you're, you're sidelined, and a lot of people blame Microsoft for that. The other is that um, a lot of those games have this reputation of just being bad. They're avatar games with like your avatar doing stupid things. There's a lot of really weird, creepy games. If you go through the list of games, there's just stuff like you know, Pregnancy Simulator. It's like, what is this? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to play this. And that 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 I'm pretty sure that is an actual uh, game on <laughs> Xbox Live Indie arc, the indie section. So, you know, they're gonna keep. I I actually think in some ways, it's good only because they're going to keep. Um, you know, good games on that platform. You're not going to see a flood of shovelware that no one's interested in, which just turns people off of channels completely. You know, a lot of people complain about Apple and Google Play, but like the stores, it's just there's there's no exposure when you're being put up against a hundred thousand other apps that are free. How are you supposed yeah. to combat that? And right. I think part of it is quality control. Not you can't. Not everything can get put up there, unfortunately. I want to see every game. I want to, you know, I want to play a lot of games and see great stuff. But you, it's just there. You can't just let anybody go on there. And it'll be interesting to see this week in uh, San Francisco is Microsoft's Build Conference, their conference for developers, and it's generally expected that they're going to make uh, their announcement there as far as uh, what developers will mean to the Xbox One and what system they're going to use. So. Cool. Um, Everyone's definitely going to want to keep an eye out uh, this week for that. We'll definitely, hopefully, get some answers. Um, what day is that? Did you say that? I don't know specifically what days. I think it's like a Wednesday to Friday. You going to fly out, Colby? <laughs> no. You, but I, you, I'd, I'd like watch a live stream or something. I'm not really doing anything. So. Yeah, they'll be talking a lot about 8.1 Blue, so it'll be interesting. Cool. Um, but sticking with our thing, uh, we cannot leave video games without talking about the Wii U. I'm sitting here looking at two articles. One is titled, Wii U's Struggle to Remain Relevant, and the other is, The Wii U's Current Pains Aren't as Dark as They May Seem. And it depends on, seems like everyone you ask has one opinion one way or the other, um, and I'm going to volunteer to jump in first with my opinion that uh, Nintendo, and specifically the Wii U, is an irrelevant has-been. Whoa. Let me tell you why. Whoa. I know, I'm going to upset a lot of people, um, and I'm not afraid to do that because... No one's watching. I, well, <laughs> fair point. But uh, first of all, anyone who pulls up the statistic that the Wii U is one of the best-selling or that the Wii is one of the best-selling consoles of all time is complete BS. Yes, in terms of pure sales numbers, you are correct. But I know for a fact that 70 percent of people who bought a Wii bought it, used it twice, and then sat and collected dust. The only game they ever bought was Wii Sports and maybe one other and they are not real players of the Wii. So I do not buy that for a second. I guarantee Xbox 360 and PS3 people uh, bought and played a lot more than Wii. Okay? So that's one. Two, the Wii U just is not selling. I mean, it's a fact, and people are generally concerned. I mean, the Xbox 360 and PS3 outsell it, um, and that's a, you know, we use a new console. I think the problem with Nintendo, in my eyes, as someone who plays no video games at all, doesn't own a console, is that Nintendo is just not on the forefront. They just pretend like they are. So, were they the first to bring motion? Sure, but it was a stick you waved around. We didn't really see exciting, at least to me, motion until we got something like the Kinect. 
in this latest version, we see a lot about touch and a lot about tablets. Uh, Xbox has Smart Glass, for example. Instead, the Wii U decided to package with it a, a little tablet that, that you hold while you're playing a game. It was kind of a promise that, in theory, on paper, sounded really good, and I just question how exciting that is for people to buy. In addition to that, I question their excitement in bringing in games. We saw at E3 both Sony and Microsoft pushing hard on games. Obviously, it's a gaming conference, but, I mean, it was just this exclusive, that exclusive, we're bringing huge games, huge franchises. Um, and when it comes to Nintendo, it's Mario, and it's, we have a new Mario Kart, and the crowd goes wild. You know, we have a new Smash Brothers, and the crowd goes wild. But that crowd is like 15 people. And the rest of, you know, we yeah. see the Xbox going for live TV because they're trying to hit more people. And we see PS4 making a big deal about sharing because they're trying to go after a bigger audience. Where Nintendo just keeps hitting their sweet spot, a sweet spot that's getting smaller by the day. So... EA, for example, said that their Ignite sports engine that's going to power all their games is going to be delayed coming to the Wii U. My question, and you all please feel free to disagree with me, my thesis is that Nintendo can make great handhelds all they want, go nuts, I'm happy for them, but as far as the console goes, they're going to have this small group of people who are always going to buy them, but they're just a distant, distant third place. Uh, my only counter-argument is that at work, there we have all the video game consoles, but the only ones that ever get used are the Nintendo ones, because anyone can play Mario Kart, no matter how hardcore you are, and have a great time. Anyone can play Super Smash Brothers, no matter how how hardcore you are, and have a great time. But people play those every week, and 360 sits there and collects dust. So, and I don't know, they have good shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's something to be said for for the approachability of of Nintendo games, especially like the classics, like like Mario Party, right? Like right. I'm not saying I like Mario Party. It like it's okay it breed, breeds breeds <laughs> dissent and hatred. Like it's nothing good ever happened while playing Mario Party. <laughs> but like I understand why people play it. <laughs> <laughs> and would you, yeah, would you ever have a group of more than four people over and play a Sony or Xbox system? And they're what? not they're not playing Call Rock of Duty. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like you're not. They're not. You didn't specifically invite them over to play. But that's game, all. But it's you're good bored. For. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I mean, no, I, get, I get what you're saying. It's Sean. a party machine. It's like a karaoke machine. You're going to use it once a month at most, and it's going to sit there and collect dust. Same thing. Thing. One time no, more for more. And some people <laughs> will ever true. play video games. I believe we did some karaoke this weekend. Kobe. I love karaoke. Hours. I love hours of karaoke. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I think you're you're right in that they probably like the Wii U is obviously not competing with the PS4 and the Xbox now, or or, but I don't think that necessarily means that it's not. I don't know that it's not relevant. Maybe it, like I don't know. I'm I'm having trouble. Like I'm having trouble because I feel like I'm trying to imagine a world with no Nintendo or no or, Nintendo console. Doesn't like I have no reason. But like if if my kids didn't know what Mario Kart was, that would be a 
<laughs> a darn shame. Why don't they just make an iPad app, right, right, though? I don't know why they need a console. Right after you say kids, though, uh, I, have a, I have a small list of points here going on. No. <laughs> after Kobe mentions kids, I think that is a big part that people underestimate is that, you know, a lot of Nintendo's games, they're aimed, they are, let's agree, it's a younger audience. You know, Mario's a younger audience. You know, every three, four, five years, you have that new group of kids that, you know, they're finally playing video games or they're doing whatever, and Mario. Like, it just, they, Nintendo repeatedly grabs that fresh, brand new audience. When people get, say, I'm tired of Legend of Zelda the millionth time, I'm tired of Mario the Zelda the millionth time, it's like, but there's a generation of kids right now that this is their first Mario. This yeah. is their first Mario Kart, and it blows them away. I was amazed while I was in college that, you know, I came home. I, I had no interest in Mario Kart Wii um, when it came out. My brother and my sister got it, and I remember my mom complaining about sales being out. That game to date has sold about 32 million copies, which for any console game is absolutely amazing. You think about competition for that, and there's, there's very few titles that sell even close to that. You know, Call of Duty being one of the major exceptions, you know, in, in a launch day could sell about, like, 7 million, but that's about, like, I mean, what? I don't know. Anyway. I don't, I don't know what that was. I do think that there's a lot of points with Nintendo that it's interesting. Yeah. I think you have to remember that Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo are not just competing with each other anymore. They are competing with Apple. They are competing with Google. So the game space is larger. Um... Nintendo's major software is coming. I think that's going to be a true test. I mean, I don't think they've had uh, a game that is a true, absolute system seller yet. They've had New Super Mario Brothers, but I mean, you know, I think most people expect Mario by now. But I think what they're really looking for are new, exciting experiences or or something crazy, a classic you can always play with people. So there are good games coming, and I think that's that's crucial to Nintendo. Um, you know, their sales right now, I mean, the 3DS did the same thing. It was doing horrible for a little bit. And this year, they've turned that way around. Every month now, it seems like a huge title of theirs comes out. You know, whether it's Fire Emblem or Animal Crossing or Luigi's Mansion, these are games that are selling well, and they're increasing the install base. And that's what's going to draw developers in. They're going to look at those numbers and be like, there's about 30 million people on 3DS right now. I kind of want a piece of that. You know? And I think the same thing will happen on the Wii U. Um, It's all about the install base. You know, if if people are buying the system, they'll, you know, the developers will come. And Nintendo will put out the software that people will buy. And then I think people will just migrate. Yeah, I think I think uh, like I I like your point about kids. Like I think that's the. I think that's probably one of like us looking at it. One of our, it's like we're saying, oh, it's so lame, but it's you know it's not that it's lame. It's that it's simpler. Right. And well, we're like where our appetites are for much more intricate things. Right. And, I mean, you you're not gonna want to play Mario Kart your whole life. I mean, some people do. But the thing is, it's going to appeal to a younger audience. Um, for 3DS, there's a new Pokemon game coming out this year, and they're expecting that to just 
be huge. Mm-hmm. Like, but and yeah. you know, I think we're all of a similar age where Pokemon was really red and blue, and yellow. You know, that was Pokemon. But it's like for these kids, you know, Pokemon, I've actually, yeah. I've actually never played Pokemon. Well, I maybe like once or twice, but I never had a Game Boy. For shame! So, I know yeah. I never did either. Yeah, but this, this is this why is we turned out so horribly. Yeah, I know why. That's a, a, I never. Well, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter for my kids because they're not going to have TV or the internet. <laughs> they're going to live in the woods. Wow. Until until they're like twelve or thirteen, then maybe. Like yeah. Amish so people. No, just no internet. <laughs> like if if having no internet. It was the makes internet you balloons, man. You can't escape. That's true. <laughs> maybe well, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought this tr- through, but it's it's going to have to happen. I think. Uh, but just to end my statement, I think. Uh, it's far from over, honestly. I think, you know, there's a big question of, like, besides this initial burst, even for PS4 and Xbox One, are they going to sell? Are they going to, like, have these extreme yeah. numbers? Um, you know, the Wii U hasn't even been out a full year yet. So, I mean, it's crazy because people talk about mobile devices, you know, selling, like, 20, 30, 40 million, whatever. That's mind-blowing, right? Like, you know, their first year or something. Mm. Game consoles sell on a much lower lower scale. Yeah. Well, Just, I mean, they're they're expensive, too. They are. Um, yeah, no, I think we just... It, it's a time thing, and I think you know, you're gonna see the Wii U pick up, especially when it gets closer to the holiday and more of their titles come out. I think the unfortunate thing, the only thing I really... There are two things, I think, that are so, Nintendo's problems are that some of the big things they announced this year aren't coming out till next year at E3. Mario Kart is not mm. coming out till 2014, so they're yeah. going to miss a big holiday. I think uh, Smash Brothers is coming out next year, so that's another one. And then their issue is third-party development. You know, they have Ubisoft and Sega as two of the larger supporters of um, the Wii U. You know, a lot of content, Splinter Cell, Rayman, and then new Sonic titles... Um, Bayonetta, um, things like that, and you know, just they need that third-party support. That's, you know, will they get it? You know, right. I mean, like, Sean, you bring up uh, EA and sports games, and like that's a huge thing for them to lose out on. To lose out on, you know, new Madden or new NBA. That that's just huge. Um, that could be a very I don't want to say it'll be a deciding blow, but that that's big. That's undeniably big to, to think there won't be normal sports games. Brian, I'll definitely say you took me from has-been to wait-and-see. So It's a wait-and-see. You, no, you it's did a, a much better job of convincing me. So, excellent. All right. Well, I want to wrap up our video game discussion merely by saying that the Wii U is currently available for purchase at wherever finer consoles are sold. Uh, Both uh, the PS4 and Xbox One are expected to be sold in time for the holiday season. Um, I believe PS4 just said late fall, where Microsoft said November. Uh, The Xbox One is going to be available with Kinect for $4.99. The PS4, $3.99. So just quickly to each of the three of you, uh, with everything you know now, you got to put the, the 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 feet to the fire. You have to pick one of the three. Which is it going to be, Brian? I already have a Wii U. I mean, <laughs> okay. So ignoring that, let's say the other two. Which are you gonna? You can only choose one. Which one are you gonna choose? Do I have to buy one, or can I hold out? Uh, I'm, 
Knowing what you know now, please pick one of the two. <laughs> well, I would probably go with PS4 for now. Okay. Colby? Fair enough. Um, I kind of want to connect. I've always wanted to connect. So if if I was going to buy one... Buy a 360? Um, yeah. Well, that's true. I have a... That's, a, that's the other thing. I that have way a 360, your, your kids but... can play with it when you live in the woods with no internet for 12 years. But... That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, no, I think I think I go with the Xbox because, like, I mean, I like the Xbox. I like the interface. I, you know, I like the way it works. I like the online content. Um, Xbox Live works great for me. So, um, I am totally willing to stick with what works in the hopes that um, I, you know, I think they have some cool ideas on what they might be doing, and I think the the internet stuff was them trying, like, they were trying to, you know, push things forward, and I think it's a shame that they, they backed down on that, but I think I would, I have high hopes for, for where they're going, so I would stick with Xbox. Alright, Dan? Uh, I'm gonna buy a PS4 because I like the controller better than the Xbox controller. Oh, yeah, that's my other thing. I hate the PS PlayStation controller. I hate See, it. See, this it's is why terrible. exclusive titles are stupid, because I don't, you know... I don't want to buy an Xbox and play on that giant controller I can't handle just to play one game. I want to play it on my phone. Uh, but also, and this is something else that we didn't really talk about, all of my friends will have PS3s and will be buying PS4s, yeah. so I'm going to buy one so I can play multiplayer with them. So that's, yeah. that, you know, that was really all I need to know. Well, I'm going to say, given the choice right now, I'm going to buy the PS4 only because I refuse to pay twice for Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> That's literally the only reason, but it's really a wait and see, and there's a lot more to be announced with these things as we discussed. I think that was an awesome discussion. I hope that we alleviated some of the panic of all of our listeners. Uh, I want to move on now to... Uh, I think we're going to skip the stories for tonight because we went a little long on the video games, but we'll have a lot of content for next week. I was really looking forward to showing the John McAfee video in the YouTube thing here. <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe we'll close out on it. How does that sound? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but why don't we move on to our picks of the week? Um, I will uh, jump in and go first, and then we'll go down the line. So, um, as you, as our listeners know, and they probably don't because they probably haven't listened before, uh, each week each of the hosts uh, and Brian as well uh, pick something that we're generally interested in. It could be an app, it could be software, it could be hardware, it could be whatever you want it to be. It's just whatever we're interested in. So. Uh, this week, I picked something that I think is perfectly timed for this time of year. So, imagine, if you will, you go to a movie theater, you see a big blockbuster title, and then you get to the end and you go to get out of your seat, and then you notice nobody else is. And you go, wait, what's going on here? And then you realize, is this one of those things where they put the, the thing, at the, the little clip at the end of the credits, and you have to sit and watch through the whole thing... And then, you know, there's always that movie, you sit through the credits, and then they don't end up showing anything, and the rusher's upset at you because you stuck around when he was trying to clean. It's a real problem, and lucky enough, we have a real solution. Now available on iOS is anything after uh, the movie credits app. Uh, it's not free, it's 99 cents, but I think it's a worthy purchase, and essentially what it is is it's a uh, crowdsourced app that is designed to show... Um, Basically, if there's anything going on at the end of your film. So the way it works, I'm going to try showing 
it on camera, and there's no way in hell this is going to work, but we're going to give it a shot. So, oh. Hang on, let me flip it. There we go. There's that. Let's see if we can. Focus. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah it's focused. Go. Cool. All right. I can't believe that worked. So what <laughs> it is is it's anything after, and they have all the movies, and then you can see it says right on there, Monsters University. Yeah, during and after the credits, 89% of people said it was worth the wait. You know, World War Z, nothing after the film. Bling Ring, nothing after. Um, you can then tap on each individual film. You yourself can click anything after the movie. Yep, nope. And you can even give more information. So you can say, you know, 89% said it's worth the wait. 3% said it's a scene that hints at a sequel. 89% said it's funny. So it's essentially crowdsourced. Um, this is really difficult to do backwards. But I'm, but I'm doing it, damn it. Uh, you can also search for uh, titles that are opening soon and older titles that may have gone out of theaters. Uh, but even if you're watching the DVD, uh, most of the time these things come over. So uh, it's a really simple app, but I'm telling you, even if it saves you from having to sit through credits and then getting really upset when there's nothing interesting afterwards, uh, perfect for the summer movie season. I highly recommend it's anything after. It's available for iOS, and it's 99 cents. So that is my pick this week. Sweet. Uh, all right. So who wants to go next? Oh, I can go next. All right. <clears throat> All right, so for y'all programmers out there, I found a pretty cool thing today. That's uh, me. <laughs> uh, so there's this App Store, Mac App Store app called Dash. And how do I use my computer? It's on the left. The screen share button? Yeah. So I'm just starting this up for the first time on my thing. Can you guys see this? I can't see. Nope. No screen. Nope. Screen share. Ah. Oh well. I keep pressing the button. Are you? Are you? Because it'll show you the different screens, and you make. Are you clicking the right one to share? Uh. It's not <laughs> showing me any screens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, weird. All right. Well, anyways, basically it's this little thing that, you know, it's an app that sits open, and you can download the documentation for different things, like the C++ documentation or the JavaScript documentation or, if you know, even just HTML documentation if you find yourself doing that sometimes. And then, yep, and then you pop up this little search box over here and start typing things in, and you can browse through all of the commands and pop open the documentation locally on your machine so it works when the internet is down, it works when you're on the subway or in a plane, and it's super fast that you don't need to go to Google and then click on php.net, and then, oh, no, php.net is down. Quick, what's the mirror? And, you know, five minutes later, now you finally remember how to use JSON to code. <laughs> uh, Does anyone really know how to use JSON to code in PHP? No. Or anything in PHP. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, this is really aw surprisingly awesome. It sounds kind of stupid. It's free. There's some, I guess there's a there's a nag that tells you to buy it or something. I haven't encountered that yet, though. But you can pay money for it if you want to. 
I'm I'm totally gonna download that. That's that's awesome. It's Especially they have they have like you know those things, but they have less CSS. They have like diff- they have jQuery and YUI. Yeah, uh, you know, it's insane. Yeah, that's that's. I'm planning on taking at least one train ride in the next three weeks, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. It's gonna happen. Cool. Nice. Woo. All right. All right. Good I, pick. I, I, I guess I'll go next. We'll let Brian close it out. Yeah. He's he's the honored guest. I got a good one. Nice, nice. So I I've been doing essentially nothing for like a month. So I started playing games on my on well I I just started playing games in general, um, but I I so recently I'm gonna try and share my screen and see if we can do this. Uh, so I I came the other day I came across this game. Uh, yes. Called it's XCOM, which it's a remake of of a classic from what I from what I understand. Yes. Um. But basically, the the scenario is that aliens are invading Earth, and and XCOM is this this secret like multinational organization that they basically basically you kill the aliens. Um, but it, it's kind of, it's like it's a turn based strategy game which I love. Like it takes me back to like the original Fallout. Um, and but it's they they did a version for iOS and on the iPad. It is absolutely fantastic. It's like. It's like everything I've been waiting for this exact game to come out for the iPad. Like that's the reason I bought an iPad. You know, um, that was uh, it was originally like 360 PS3 PC, and then they ported it over to iOS to iPad. Did, did they really? It, that, it's supposed to be the full version. I'm I'm kind of a. Uh, it's cool you brought this up because I was I haven't seen anyone or met anyone that's played it on an iPad yet. I I played it for 360. Yeah, I, I I'd be interested to see how it differs, but like, yeah, me too. As far as I can tell, it's great, and it's like it's awesome. Like, it's pretty pretty fun, like turn based strategy, like gameplay. But then there's this entire like meta game of like you're managing like your resources and all your like research, and then there's like you there's like you have to maintain this satellite network with this and and like these interceptor planes that like shoot down random alien attacks and stuff. It is so cool. And it's honestly, it's like, it, it's hard. It's not difficult and you can screw yourself over really easily. And it's, I, it's, it's unforgivingly difficult. Like, like if you screw up, the game doesn't necessarily end. Like you might not know you screwed up for a long time, (laughs) but then, you know, and, Problems, problems, and yeah. if you research the wrong weapon or research something forever, you'll end up like fighting aliens that like just you, you don't stand a chance against them. Yeah, yeah, no, but that's like that's I I woke up at like eleven o'clock today, and I decided I would play a little before I went downstairs and ate breakfast, and then at like four thirty in the afternoon, <laughs> I finally went downstairs. So that's it's definitely worth a look. So I almost bought this game a few days ago, but instead I bought the Final Fantasy Tactics remake for the iOS, which is also supposed to be good and is also turn-based. So we'll we'll compare notes once I actually play it. All right, cool. <laughs> this is all relevant to our game discussion. You see all. <laughs> yeah, it, it seemed it in. seemed appropriate too. So iOS cool. is moving in on those big game consoles. 
Yeah, but well, that's my story. So you should buy it. It's kind of steep. It's uh, the price is kind of steep. It's like twenty bucks, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian. I know we're putting you on the spot, but do you have a pick you want to give? I do. I've been playing this nonstop. It was uh, presented today, actually, at the meetup I went to. Uh, a game. Uh, it's for iOS and Android. It's called Color Zen. Hope you guys can see that. I don't know if it's is it showing up reversed on yours. No. No, no. It looks good. No, it's it's straight. Yeah. So let me just get situated here. <laughs> um, now this just came out. Um, I believe it's still it's ninety nine cents on iOS. I think you can get a free version on Android. Um, mine's the paid for. Oops. Mine's paid for. Hold on. Okay. I have my screen timeout ridiculously fast for no reason. Um, so I'll just get straight to the gameplay so you guys can see what it's like. Um, I have been showing this to a lot of people now, so <laughs> anyone who's seen me recently might have seen this game. Um, as you can see, you the directions are very simple. Uh, actually, let me turn up the volume because there's music to it too. So you want to fill the screen with the border color. So you basically you take a shape and you just fill it. You hit... Yeah. Oops. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you guys can see this. I'm trying to mm -hmm. make it... Yeah, you're doing good. You just want to basically fill the screen with the border color. There's supposed to be music. I don't know why it's not really coming through right now. It's like silent except for like when I'm playing. Um, yeah, it's very relaxing. There's no score uh, to the game. There's no timer. There's no um, real like challenge or something you have to overcome. It's just a very laid back, you know, kind of puzzle game where you're just trying to solve each puzzle. Um, these are all the beginning puzzles. It scales really nicely in terms of difficulty. Let me uh, just go back to the menu and I'll show you. Um, the game is split up into these chapters. Sorry, I'm probably holding it wrong. Um, it's split into chapters. So this is chapter one, so it's very you know, easy to get into. Each chapter introduces a new mechanic. So for chapter two, it introduces these white spheres that basically take on the color of whatever they touch. So I'll take this pink ball and I'll collide it and it changes and then later on there's a black sphere that absorbs color so it basically negates uh, paint colors there's a uh, let me see if I can show you one of the really cool puzzles they have I just gotta tap it to pause it and that'll I'll just show you one more and that'll be it um, they have these nesting like features let me see if I have it where you basically have one color inside a box. Yes, this is it. So you see that blue box? Not really. No. It's, <laughs> your your camera is not focusing on like uh, it's too bright. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. Can you see anything? Not. Not, not really. really. It's kind of just like a. Okay. What I can wow. do is. Oh, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a game trailer. Let me um. Oh, that looked better. Look better. Yeah, my that was the screen like fading out though. So yeah, look up colors and yeah, I think that's still probably too bright. Yeah, 
Okay, well, that's my recommendation is for iOS, Android, the game Color Zen. Awesome. Cool. All right, awesome. Great pick. Woo. Um, all right, wow. What, a, what an outstanding show. Uh, I really want to give a big thanks to Brian McMillan for joining us. Uh, he provided insight that we could have only made up off the top of our heads. Uh, yes. <laughs> Brian, do you have anything you want to plug before we uh, close out the show? Well, I'll just say, you know, thanks, guys, for having me. Um, this was a lot of fun. I hope uh, maybe we could do it again sometime. Um, don't really have any plugs for you right now. Maybe next time. Um, <laughs> Sounds good. Think, uh, there's a lot more we could always discuss. I mean, we're talking about consoles. I think today the Ouya, if any of you know what that is, came out. Oh, uh, Steam, obviously. PC is still a big thing we could have talked about. Um, so hopefully, you know, I'd love to do this again. You That's set us up nice. perfectly for the sequel. <laughs> awesome. You bet. All right. Colby Rabideau, uh anything you want to plug this week? Uh, not really. I don't okay. know. I started using Instagram this week. <laughs> or last week. I like it. A- I get why people like it. I understand now. He does have great pictures. I will vouch for that. Yeah. yeah. I've been enjoying it. I don't know. But other than that, that's that's it. Stay right. classy. I don't know. Stay classy. <laughs> Dan, Dan Miller coming to us fresh from his new apartment in New York City. Dan, anything yes. you want to tease? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. That's You know what? Maybe we just won't do this part in future shows. Clearly, oh, we, we should just preempt it. Like, if we have something to plug. Jump in? Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to yeah. plug something. Okay. Maybe I should have just done that instead of asking all of you to say no. Uh, I am going to plug uh, part of my job here on campus at Marist College is to run the social media for the Marist Archives. So everyone watching, if you haven't already, please, please keep me employed and go to facebook.com slash Marist Archives and like and comment and share and post and just please go nuts. Uh, we actually post decent content, so I think you'll actually be interested. So... Uh, Facebook.com slash Marist Archives. Keep me employed. Cool. Um, and with that shameless plug, it's time to end. Uh, we thank everybody for watching. Um, we record this show live Tuesday nights at 11 p.m. Uh, we hope you watch. So with that, we end simply by saying, don't panic. We'll be back next week. See you then.